Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. The woo of you. Today, we're talking about personality tests, astrology, human design, Enneagram, and all the different personality typing systems out there. Kayleen, start us off by sharing a bit of why you think these personality typing systems are useful. I think one of the reasons why they're useful is because I'm always looking for a better way to understand who I am and why I do the things I do. And so all of these different avenues of understanding personality are a guide towards self-reflection. And I don't always like agree with everything. And sometimes you like come upon something later in life and you're like, oh, that makes so much sense about why I did this. And I think it's just like one of those things that helps us feel seen. Yeah. And um, it also can bring language to common experiences when you start talking about this stuff with other people be like oh well I do this or I'm like this and oh that's because you're so in Aries and mm-hmm. it just like oftentimes it can be like labeling stuff yeah to a way to have a better conversation about it yeah I agree I mean I definitely love it as a tool for um self reflection. And then I also love it as a tool to like cosmically profile other people. Like I start putting people in little (laughs) categories and boxes and, and being like, okay, so you're this and you have this moon. And I know that about this. Like I love to, that like makes me nervous. Oh no, I love it. No, I think about all that, (laughs) all of that all the time. You know so much about me. That's also, it's a very, um, so like I once had this book called like Dark Side Zodiac and my, my rising, I mean, not my rising, my um, sun sign is Aquarius. So I'm an Aquarius and an Aquarian tendency is to, in the Dark Side Zodiac, they basically tell you like all of the kind of not so like great attributes. The room for growth. Please. The room for, <laughs> sort of a room for growth, but like they're straight up like you are a voyeur, you mm-hmm. are like judgmental, you like to put people in little boxes. And I'm like, oh, that's true. Like all that's like, there's a truth in that. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's something about like the system of astrology that I naturally gravitate towards and can like you know, once you learn enough about it, you can kind of put people in these box and you can kind of say, okay, but there's, but there's so much room for um, variables. Like, I just think it's the coolest thing. I don't know. I, I love astrology. Well, because like your like rising and moon signs, those like, those play a big part in your zodiac, yes. right? Yeah. So Am you're, I saying that right? Yeah. So your, your sun sign is basically like... When people you, say, what's your sign? What, what's your sign um, and what you are. Um, a lot of people who are astrologers give a lot of credence to the rising sign. They actually prefer you to look at the rising sign for your... Um, horoscope. Doesn't that have to do with your person? Is that your emotion? So that's the mask you present to the world. So basically it's like when people first meet you, they might assume you're one thing because you're kind of presenting as your rising sign. So Mm -hmm. you and I actually both have the same rising sign, which is Gemini, um, which is interesting because that's like, there's a duality in that in and of itself because a Gemini you know, is like the twin that's sign the of twins. the Zodiac. Okay. And that's kind of like your bipolar person, like, or your <laughs> contrarian or, you know, just somebody like different to be different. And it's interesting. Cause like, they're also like gregarious and super talkative. And I think probably we both have that tendency maybe when we like first meet people. Yeah. And you're also describing somebody I know really well. Who is a Gemini? Yeah. Yeah. I never yeah. thought about that. Okay. <laughs> and so I, that's how I always think, you know, like you think who's this person and then you can kind of start to see the traits. And then when you meet somebody new and they tell you that they're that sign, you can then piece to piecemeal together those same traits and be like, okay, well maybe this is a similarity they might have. But then there's other things like you, there's your moon sign, which is sort of your like emotional aspect. And oh, so how okay. you handle things emotionally. So like, Mine is like a Taurus, which is like all about comfort. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, the comfort aspect is like, I like to, I can be a bit of a homebody, Mm -hmm. you know, which doesn't necessarily go with my other stuff, but goes with my Taurus moon. You know, I Mm -hmm. like nice things. I find comfort in nice things. And that's like, definitely those are like Taurus foreign aspects. Oh yeah. And so yours is a cancer moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a sense, that's a pretty sensitive moon. My sister Meredith has that cancer moon too. And it's so funny cause y'all are both like, she's a Capricorn, Okay, which is, you know, you have a Capricorn. Kayleen is an Aries sun sign. Like that's your kind of like driven, you know, very like can be a little bit like 
forceful in the world kind mm-hmm. of personality. Mm-hmm. But then you have this like cancer moon and there's something about that that really like sweetens y'all, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> you got to sweeten it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Aries can be kind of rough. So, well, how did you get into astrology? I mean, the first, I mean, I, I've been into it as long as I can remember. I think there's that natural, like wanting to know about yourself. And I can't really even remember like the first time I got into it, but I know that it really went wild when I lived in Los Angeles because mm-hmm. that's where I had a couple of books on it before I moved out there when I was like in my early twenties or like late teens. And when I went out there, I remember like I worked at Urban Outfitters and we, everybody would astrologically profile. So you'd be like, oh, like so-and-so is a Pisces. Like, oh, you know, like <laughs> it was definitely a... What signs are signs that nobody says ugh after? No, there's definitely... Everybody always has a ugh sign for somebody. <laughs> Typically, I find they're most commonly like in dating. I feel like everybody has like a Gemini man or a Scorpio man that has scorned them. Mm. But I think maybe there's like some like vengeful tactics from those signs in the male part. I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of people say that. Like you know, my son and my husband are both Scorpios and everybody's kind of like, there's definitely a reaction there that's like, oh gosh, you know, and I'm like, because they're like supposed to be spiteful or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I, so we used to profile. And so I would go, I would meet people or like when I was dating somebody, every time I was on my break from, the, I worked at the Urban Outfitters on the end of Ventura Boulevard. And there was a bookstore about four stores down, like a, I don't know, Barnes and Noble or something. And every day on my break, when I would meet somebody, I would go and I would pick up this book by Gary, Gary Goldschneider, I think is his name, or it's either Gary Goldschmied. I can't remember. Well, correct it in the show notes, but I would pick up this astrology book and it's this huge like Bible of an astrology book. And you can look up your birthday and somebody else's birthday. And it has a reading just for the two of you, mm. just for that day. So it's a giant book, if you can imagine, because it has to have not only all of your birthdays, but paired with other people's. Yeah. So I would go and I would look it up and I would like, and it was always like a Bible truth for me, whatever it told me, you know, so I'd be like, oh, this isn't going to work out, you know? <laughs> And so that was the first time I was using it as an actual tool in my life. And since Mm. then, you know, a lot more. How about you? Well, I don't know for sure. Like when, I mean, I think like Cosmo quizzes and like some of that other stuff, I probably like tuned into it. Plus I think astrology is one of the things that would just like come up in my family. Like the way that like, I think my mom would talk about it and like my aunts would talk about it and just say like, oh, well, she's a da da da. And that's why. And I think it was for my 18th birthday, my aunt, who had a friend who was an astrologer, put together this like little folder. I brought it with me. You did? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's got like, it's got- Oh, that's cute. A profile. I think this is a copy from a book, but it tells me like who was also born that day and like what that day means for my birthday. And then like all of this other stuff, which I didn't even remember that there was information about my moon sign. And my rising signs, I need to go back through and read it. I haven't in a while, but I've been carrying this around with me forever. Like oh my we, gosh. When we were talking about like if our houses burned down in a past episode, what yeah. would we like bring with us? And I probably <laughs> would bring like my journal. This is like stashed with my journals. Yeah. Um, and it isn't something I reference a ton, but it was like such a cool, thoughtful gift. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's something that like I'm thinking for my little sisters, like before, before they turn, I think 18 is like a good time to like start to, it. you know, other people have different times in their life when they start to break away from their family and become right. their own person. But I think astrology is just one of the many things that can kind of help you anchor into yourself and be like, okay, so well, true. this is why I am the way I am or this is a key to who I am um, and then explore it more. And I like what you said about like the dark sidedness. Like it's also somewhat comforting to know that some of your natural tendencies, the dark things like that they can be part of who you are and it balances out the best parts of you. Yeah, it's so true. I I think that's a really beautiful aspect of the Zodiac. And, you know, there's people who are like, it's so funny because there's, I mean, you meet a lot of skeptics in the world. I think like mm-hmm. my, my husband, I think the first time I ever met him, I cut his hair. That's kind of how we met. But I was doing his hair and I know I said something like, tell me your sign and I'll tell you three things about yourself. Mm-hmm. And the three things that I chose were so spot on, especially now knowing him. Yeah. It just cracks me up because he's you know, a skeptic, but also Mm -hmm. it's like, that's hard to deny because people were like, well, the signs are so general. And I'm like, they're actually not like, you can't say somebody is like, you know, super neat and neurotic and organized and tidy. And then somebody's like fly by the seat of their pants, chaotic. And those are aspects of different things, but there's also 
where things are in your chart that make you this incredibly unique person. And mm-hmm. there's so many ways to even read them. So like, depending on your astrologer, you, you know, there's different avenues that they take, which I think is just, it's so fascinating. And like, I will only ever be a hobbyist at best, but there's a lot of astrologers that I really love kind of getting into that. Like, you know, I definitely love the Gary Goldschmied. I think that's his name. Okay. Gary Goldschmied. I'm going to commit to that books. (laughs) And he has quite a lot of them. He has those ones that are like really hefty. And then he has kind of some shorter format ones that just give you a good, like, this is what it's like to be roommates with this person. You know, Mm. if you're this and Mm -hmm. it's like, you might run into this kind of trouble or, and I think those are all nifty things. And then I really, I've done a couple of, I did the year ahead this last year with um, Chani Nichols Hmm, through her site. And so she has, they're basically audio recordings. And so once you purchase one of her, she does all sorts of of these little, like, I guess they're classes. And so some of them are for transits that are happening. And so like when you hear of a mercury retrograde, you know, which is the one probably most commonly people know about, Mm -hmm. that's a transit. So that's where like mercury is moving backwards in the sky, you know, from like, an, uh, from like an astrology standpoint or is it astronomy act- standpoint. Is it, so it's an actual thing that's happening yes, physically. Yes. So okay. <laughs> based, not really, but it's based oh. into relation of how the earth moves and how we see it. Okay. So I guess like at the time, probably this was all done with telescopes, like right. however many years ago. And so I think it has to do with how we view it versus what's actually happening. So okay. it's like when a retrograde happens, a planet from our standpoint is like visually moving backwards in the oh, sky okay. is from okay. what I understand. Again, okay. not an expert, but when these things, <laughs> not an astrologist not, or uh, what's the other one? Astronomer. Yeah. Uh, neither of those. Not I'm like, is that the Milky Way? Um, <laughs> you know, so there's all these different kind of transits that can happen. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about the moon, which I think we'll eventually get into in like a big episode because yes. we've had some requests out moon. So, you know, like there's all these different things that happen with the universe that cause for shifts. So she'll do like a new moon course in, you know, new moon in Aquarius. This is what this is going to mean for you and your specific sign. But she actually reads for your rising sign. So it's important that you know that kind of going in. But you purchase her course. They're very reasonably priced. And like she'll tell you, for instance, I did the year ahead. And it tells you sort of what what sort of your lessons are going to be in the year ahead. And she like points out the transits and like what's happening during those times energetically oh, cool. so that you understand how that pertains to you. And then she also gives these like mantras and meditations of like what you can do. Awesome. And her horoscopes are similar. She does those like monthly or she'll do them like every so often and they just kind of appear on her site. And then she also has a Spotify. She does the astro- astro- astrological playlist. And so those are great because they're like catered to your sign. I mean, it's definitely a kind of a one type of music, but it's it's yeah. really nice. It's good. So I really love her as like an astrologer. Do you have like an astrologer you love? Well, I like, um, I don't really know. I don't like look up my horoscopes and stuff, but whenever anybody sh- shares Nadine Jane astrology yeah. on like stories or whatever, I always like click over. And so I started following her and I really like everything that she puts out. Yeah. It's just like, it seems very positive and like warnful, but like in an uplifting way where I feel like sometimes astrology can get kind of negative. Like, oh gosh, you know, that co-star app, the co-star app. I'm, and I mean, I have it on my phone because that's where <laughs> I have kept like all of my data. Cause it does like give you your profile. Yeah. And so if I'm like, what's my rising again? Like I can go in there. Cause unlike you, I don't like have it all memorized or tattooed in my brain. <laughs> but every time I open CoStar, it's like, you're doomed. Yeah. And it just like, yeah. Gives, like, the have most you ever been stuff. personally victimized by the CoStar app? It's yeah. so true. Anybody else feel that way? A lot of people do. I've had, I've like reposted a meme about it and I got so, like oh, a, really? a wild response about <laughs> the CoStar app and its negativity. It's apparently telling everybody the same garbage. But then I met one person, they were like, no, mine is always like, you're beautiful. You're great. You're going to oh. have the best day. Like, get a massage. Like, I don't, I'm like, where is that? Like, mine's mm-hmm. always like trouble in spirituality, thinking, relationships partnerships, business, money, yeah, yeah, all of it. it. It's kind of trippy. Well, so moving on from astrology, one of the things that I feel like has come up recently, um, that's not a new thing, but is becoming more popular is human design. Yes. And I know a lot of people still haven't even heard about human design, but I feel like you and I have come across it within like the last year. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's probably fair? And I still don't have a good pulse on how to describe human design. So I'd love for you to tell us. 
I'm going to give us the the spin on uh, yeah. human design. What is it? Okay. So I first came upon human design through Jenna Zoe, who's probably the most popular human design reader, I would say, currently. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of taken it and modernized it, although it is, in fact, a modern, uh, its existence is modern in and of itself. So yeah. it basically was this guy who was an ad exec in the 80s. And he ended up leaving his job to go do, I don't know, like an ayahuasca retreat. I don't know. <laughs> he did a retreat and he received a download, aka like that's kind of like modern lingo, I think, for, for, channeling. for channeling. And so he received a channeling or download of this system to put into place that described every person's energy types and how they should interact with each other. So he he went back home and then created a computer software that would then determine each person's type. And it comes up with a visual representation of your type, which is called a body graph. Now, the types themselves, there are only five main types. Yeah. And that is going to be, you have reflectors, which is like your most rare type. You have the manifestors, which is your second most rare type. And is, you know, as it sounds like people who get stuff done in this mm-hmm. world. Um, you have your projectors, which is your next most rare type and is sort of the people, I think Jenna Zoe has a good way of referring to them where she calls them the birds. So they're like your people in society who kind of tell you what to do. Actually, most podcasters are projectors, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you do know why. It's because projectors <laughs> gather information and are able to present it in a way that other people can understand. Yes. And so Kayleen and I are both projectors. Um, and then there's also uh, generators, which make up the bulk of the world and manifest generators, which is like a subsect of generators. So they have a little bit of that manifesting power, but also are um, just kind of your worker bees. And so like to give you a celebrity reference for each of these, because I think that's extremely helpful, uh, like Michael Jackson is a reflector. Mm. And so they tend to reflect back like how there's how the people closest to them are. And so if you're seeing somebody who is dealing with like, who is surrounded by trauma, you're probably going to see that push back out into the world. You know, a lot of times there are art- artists and a lot of times they're like, they're like really very special. sensitive, special souls. Yeah. But like, if you're looking at the body graph, which is basically an outline of a body and it has all these like different triangles and shapes on it. It's and a little intimidating looking it, at your body it graph. It's definitely intimidating looking at your body graph. Um, the first time you see it, you'd be like, what is this? And you'd want it explained to you. Mm-hmm. And really the people doing the modern readings are who you would want to go to because if you if you purchase through like Jovian Archive is an example of a, or my body graph, I believe is the other site where you can get your chart. You have to put in your birthday and your time of birth yes, and the location. Like astrology it is based off of that. And so it has to do with like, you have this chart printed from the second you were born. But I will say like, it resonates, it tracks, you know, Mm -hmm. with people. And I think the different things like, you know, for your generators, there's like sort of a main thing that you're supposed to understand about each of your types. So for like your generators, you are supposed to wait to respond. And so waiting to respond is sort of like you, when you, when something initiates with you, like an action, like you feel excited or thrilled by it, that's when you should like, you should just respond to that. And when you feel that response, you should go with it. Even if you feel like you bounce around to a kajillion billion things, like that's kind of that personality. And so the nice thing is like, when you hear something like that, say, if you were a generator, you might feel less guilty about it. You might be like, okay, well, like I don't have to commit to this one interest because by nature, I'm going to have a billion interests Mm -hmm. or it, you know, and Tony Robbins is a great example of somebody living well within their design who is a generator. Oh, that totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. He's a generator. And he's able to also, when they're living well in their design, they encourage other people. And so Mm -hmm. when you're around a generator, it lights you up. It makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I could do anything. And so he's obviously somebody who's like doing really well with that. Mm -hmm. And then when you're around him or in that presence of that, you know, listen to an audiobook, whatever, you feel that way too. Mm-hmm. So a projector has much less energy. They have like, they're meant to do like the four hour work week, like read that Tim Ferriss book because that is mm-hmm. your projector kind of energy. Well, they have it sometimes, but then it's not consistent. It's not consistent. And right. so like, you know, even there's things like projectors should sleep alone. I mean, there's a lot of like, yeah. The first time I heard that on a podcast, I was like, well, that's not an option for me. <laughs> like, at the time I had a baby sleeping in my room and yeah. my husband. And I also knew that if I went to my husband and was like, okay, well, three nights a week, I'm going to go sleep in the guest room. Yeah. He'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so some of it is like, 
I think the thing that's great about human design and everything else is that it gives you permission to be who you are and it also can help set like really healthy boundaries. Like one of the things for projectors is waiting for an invitation, right? That's like living by your type, which essentially means like projectors can often feel like, um, well, I know for me personally, like I have felt in my pat in various situations that I've like been inviting myself into a group mm-hmm. or like pushing really hard to like be included or be part of a thing. And I was totally living against type. And so it was something that like I would really want, but then that vibe you're giving off is the like eagerness. It's yeah. almost like, you know, they say a lot, like don't solicit, you know, and it's interesting, like owning my own business and really hearing that advice. And I'm like, God, it's so true because I've had much better luck when I've just like put out work I'm proud of and I'm happy for it. But without being like, click here to book, you know, like it's much, it goes much smoother if mm-hmm. I just like do what I'm lit up by. And then mm-hmm. people naturally gravitate towards that versus like feeling like I'm like striving or eager to get somewhere because that eagerness, like people energetically read it. But some, but some types like are allowed to have that eagerness. Every other type yeah. technically yes. is allowed to have that eagerness. And so it is it's kind tricky of a if bummer. You don't know, well, and if you don't know about that and you're like, well, I read this marketing book and this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then you're still giving off that vibe because you're a projector and people feel your energy. The other thing is projectors can give like a very strong energy. So you're not only like trying to wedge yourself into situations and now you're also too much. Well, Whereas I, when you're invited, that's so true. It's a different experience for the people that are inviting you and also for you. So it's been really interesting. The thing that I've been learning is that now I feel like I'm getting a lot of invitations and I'm seeing a lot of invitations, but another part of human design is knowing what your authority is. Yes. That's kind of like first phase is learning your type. And Which that, there's a lot to know just learning your type. Right. You could spend years. You could, you could, it. and just living by your type. Mm-hmm. And then you have this other aspect, you're right, which is your authority. So there's six different authorities. Oh gosh. We, I mean, honestly, like we, are not we could talk about the fact that I only care about myself. So <laughs> Jordan's like, I use astrology to know about other people. And I'm like, I really only think about me. You're an so, Aries. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, only care about the one type and the one authority that I have. <laughs> so Kayleen is an emotional authority. And so um, for her, it's similar to a reflector in that like she needs to like reflectors actually are supposed to wait for through a moon cycle which is super interesting the moon is also related so they they need to wait 28 days to make a decision so for you you just have like a short cycle which is 24 hours to make a decision I have the I have the opposite of Kayleen which has been very interesting because like we'll always refer to this when we're when we're making decisions for the podcast but mine is a splenic authority which is like your ancient wisdom which is like it's a gut it's not a gut feeling because that's actually another authority it's a tiny ping that you get. And when you feel that you have to pay attention right then. And mm-hmm. if you miss it, cause it's, it's actually the easiest to miss. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, but it's sort of like, it's that intuition. Okay. And so if you have that intuition feeling, it's like, Oh, you know, I should, and I definitely having learned about this in the last year, I was able to reflect upon not paying attention to that mm-hmm. feeling. And I knew exactly what that feeling was. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I didn't do it in this instance. And it inevitably doesn't lead you down the path you want to go down. I mean, you can still get there, but sometimes it's going to be, you know, have more bumps and bruises along the way because you're going against your type or your authority. Yeah. So mine's emotional, which means I need to like hold tight and wait, which is really funny because that's definitely um, in contrast to some of my natural tendencies. But it also, when you were talking about my, what is my moon sign or whatever you were saying, oh, my moon in cancer. Yeah. It's related to that yeah. because like I am sensitive and I give off like a really tough exterior, but, and when I make a gut decision, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to do X, Y, and Z or, oh, I really wish I hadn't said that. Yeah. But I get like so wrapped up and so fired up sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. So I have like you know, the buyer's remorse feeling about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And ever since I've started to like, okay, well, um, can I get back to you? And having, um, having like, mo- not mantras, but like go-to phrases, like practice and rehearse have been really helpful. So just being able to be like, oh, can I sleep on that? Or I got to check with my husband, like just blame somebody else and just giving, like forcing myself to pause between decisions or opportunities has been helpful, but it's definitely, I'm still on the path for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's like we always, I think we come up against the same things over and over again in our lives. And Mm -hmm. these things just give you kind of more, to me, these are great tools to give you the answers of like the things you're probably going to keep coming up against in your life. Like, you know, I have my dark sides of Aquarius. I have my, like, I, we actually both had readings, which are called a blueprint and for human design. Yeah. By Erin Claire Jones. Who I love. Like she's very cool. She's a projector. And she just has like a really, I think she's an emotional third too. I may be wrong. Um, but she, she's a projector and I'd heard her, we had heard her or I heard you told, you told I heard me her on a podcast her. and yeah. I had already done the blueprint and then told Kayleen about it. But when she gave me this blueprint, I opened it. I, you wait like two weeks and I opened it and it's like 32 pages of just info about you. And she also gives like actual useful tools. And it was so like, I felt red to filth. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm seen. Like, I am naked. Like, it was a little raw for me and a little bit like, you know. Why do you think that was? Because she got into some things in the chart. Like, probably if I were to get into like, and I think this is an important thing to address of why I like the dark sides of this so much is like, your shadow self is basically all the things about yourself that like, when you hold up a mirror and you don't like them in your true inner being, like that's your shadow self. And I have like, I definitely have to say, I mean, just throwing it out there, my shadow self has to do with like, I have a big fear of like having a big ego or like narcissism or like, those are like deep, deep fears within me. Yeah. Um, which I think it just being that self-reflective means I'm probably not those things. Right. However, that's like my fear is like, I never want to come off as like being the star of the show or like trying to be that way. Mm. When she basically sent this back to me, it was every shadow aspect of myself that I feared Mm. was like, you will have tendencies to do this. Don't do this. Oh man. And so it said all of it. And so for me, it was like, oh, you know, like I think probably an Aries tendency is like your shadow self, you don't care. Like you're like, that's who, that's who I am. Cause you always, all the time, like when we're going back and forth on like Marco Polo or something, I'll be like, oh, I'm kind of worried about I don't want to come off like this. And you're like, who cares? Like, just come off. Like, it's going to be the way it is. And that's like (laughs) such an Aries tendency. And my tendency is like, like the Aquarians are like the humanitarians of society. So very worried about like the collective. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot in terms of the collective and I'm always like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be this way, you know? And so she gives you these like useful tools, which I did think was so interesting. And it was like, try not to, it was like, it gave me some like tips that I took to dinner that night with Nathan. And it was so hilarious because he's like halfway through dinner. He's like, what's going on with you? Like you didn't tell him you were I didn't tell him I was doing it. I was just like, I'm going to shift. I'm going to let him ask me stuff. Like let's, let's wait for the invitation instead of being like, talk to me. Cause I'm always doing that, you know? (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I'm going to wait for him. And so he like halfway through dinner, he's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, this, you're not being yourself. And I was like, I'm not, I'm like, what am I usually like? And he's like, you talk all the time. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, it was just so funny to instantly have that recognize and have Mm -hmm. that shift in the dynamic. And I was like, okay, but honestly I put, I like tabled it and had to get away from it a little bit because I was so overwhelmed. It's so interesting because obviously I didn't have that experience, but I also like I also tabled it like it's um, 32 pages is a lot. It's a yeah. big document for you to like take in and be like, OK, well, now what do I do with it? Like, how do you synthesize that information? And especially since it is like core elements of who you are and like how to show up in the world. Those are things that, again, take a lifetime to work with. So I think it's a very useful tool. And I I appreciated just being someone pretty new to human design just to have like kind of like the baseline understanding of really my type and authority. Like those are the two things that I try to work with the most and I try to recognize. But yeah, I don't know. I went into reading my blueprint knowing how you, you were like, I, it was really intense. Like you kind of scared me. So I was like, uh, so, but I, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I guess it's because I'm an Aries and I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, those are the worst parts about me. They're not things that I love, but they're just part of me. Yeah. Um, one other person in human design that I really love following on Instagram is Jess Fields mm-hmm. and her handles learn human design. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. She's great. Oh my goodness. I feel like she's so approachable and funny and she's building her business like along with us. And she's actually building it on kind of in a way that I think people, more people should be doing, which is how to parent these types. Mm-hmm. Because like, I've heard like with a manifesting generator child, which like my nephew is a manifesting generator oh, child. Interesting. Yeah. I like looked up every person I know from like, <laughs> sorry, family. Uh, <laughs> 
Did you like text everybody and ask them for their birth time? I knew his because I, oh, yeah. I was there for it. But um, yeah. no, most of them I was like, I like literally am so crazy. I'm like, okay, well, they were scheduled C-sections. So like this probably in the morning. So like. <laughs> Are you like guessing? Or? I mean, pretty much. I'm like oh. probably like 8 a.m. But then I like kind of like with Nathan's mom, I was like, so what time did like you give birth? You know, <laughs> casually asking like for birth times but you know but when you are putting people's names and just put their first name and don't put all their last names you're also putting in a lot of information into the internet about everybody's you know because they're collecting that yes yeah so uh, (laughs) just be wary um I'm like anyway so I looked up him and he's like a manifesting generator and they're kind of like you're it's so interesting because I'd heard like people talk about them as like they are your most strong will, like sometimes hard to understand as children mm-hmm. because they're so, they have their own unique little personality, but they make like great artists and you have to really nurture all these aspects of them, but also be sensitive to the fact that they're probably going to have some like, like things that don't go on along with like the societal norms, which like makes sense mm-hmm. for him or yeah. like Wilder is a projector and you know, just like I'm a projector, but it's like you might, it's like they say as a projector parent, you might see them interacting with other people in the world and notice that other people don't always give them the invitation. It might Mm -hmm. be kind of hard as a parent sometimes because Mm -hmm. you can see them eager to Especially as a projector parent. As a projector, well, I think it's going to be easy to recognize a little bit, but you almost can see. But you might get your feelings hurt too. And they have like a bit of a sensitivity there with that, you know, feeling of like not always being accepted. And it's because they have, if you were to look at it in like an auric field kind of way, Mm -hmm. they have a very like penetrating pointed energy. Like Mm -hmm. they see through people. So it's a little bit, I understand that feeling of when, like I can understand when somebody's receptive to me and when somebody is not. Yeah. Um, I think it's like really reflected to me and my clientele because Mm -hmm. I think probably that's the energetic exchange that we have. And so I definitely have to wait till somebody is like ready for me to do their hair. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But it makes sense. Yeah. That's really interesting. And in your field of work, especially like that, the energy of it is, is a huge element of the experience for you and for your client. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to tell you about Jess Fields, because I did one of her offerings. Well, I've done two. Yeah. So she has, um, she, she doesn't like, I don't think it's like really out there, but she did a series where it was like, um, business for projectors and business for generators. And so she did these little, like little Skype calls where she like gave you the biggest hints for how to run a business or build a business for your type. So for the projector one, it was really interesting because I think a lot of projectors like ultimately will just be like, well, um, how am I supposed to do marketing and build a business and like grow my following on Instagram if I'm not supposed to like be out there soliciting. So she gives like a lot of good information on that. Yeah. And mostly it's just doing the thing that lights you up and following those intuition um, hits. The other thing that she has that I really like is, I don't know what the name of them are, but she does these personalized affirmations based on your human design and your body graph. And so it's just like one page and it's pretty, but it's like, you know, 10 sentences or did whatever. Did you do that? I did. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so I have like a few on my planner and, um, I mean, for a projector, a lot of them are related to like getting enough rest yeah. and taking care of yourself. Um, and so that's interesting. Cause that's like something I'm still working on. For I think sure. your energy type, it's interesting. I mean, I see how you're a projector, like that's, mm-hmm. that makes sense completely to me. And knowing you and us and our dynamic, but I think it's got to be hard with your Aries tendencies or even, you know, what we're about to get into, which is your Enneagram tendencies, <laughs> because you have the tendency probably to be a bit of a workhorse in those ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, so you were just leading us to Enneagram, which I, we are both like sort of just starting to dip our toes into Enneagram. It's a lot. It's so, it's like a universe and people are really, really passionate about it. Yeah. It's a lot. It's actually huge in the Christian community. My mom years yeah. ago, my mom has done like weekly classes on the Enneagram for years. Like she, she'll always come. She's all, it's funny because this is like her astrology because she's not, she's uh, like, don't give too much credence to astrology. Me- meanwhile, she's in a weekly Enneagram class, <laughs> but I'm like there, but there is something about yeah. like the Christian community that really accepts this one form of, you know, learning about people and, and typing them. And there's no real relation to Christianity. So I'm not really sure mm-hmm. why that this has become such a popular thing in that community, maybe because it feels less dark-sided than like the Zodiac. But, you know, I I mean, it is a pentagram when you look at it. I'm like, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. I think, um, I don't, I know that there is like a big following in, um, the Christian community, but I, there isn't any ties from what I was able to gather. No, No. And I think it's like one of, it's just one of many different, not only, um, 
personality typings, but a lot of this stuff can be used for leadership and business. And so I think all organizations are always looking for ways to give back to their communities and to, and I think this is part of that, like giving people permission and boundaries and understanding of themselves and each other. And so I think that's why it resonates with different communities. Um, but yeah, I recently did, um, like a test and coaching call for Enneagram with Christy Fountain, who I found on Instagram through learn human design. They're friends. That makes sense. They have similar vibes. They do. And they've started to, they have both started to talk about the other. Oh, cool. About human design and about Enneagram and how they work together. And so, yeah, I'm an eight. Um, but the thing that's interesting about my eight is I'm a social eight. There's like different kinds. Well, tell us what an eight is. Well, eights are hardcore. That's like the hard. What, what's the word though? Like each of the types, just so for somebody who's not familiar with the Enneagram, like you have the one is going to be like your perfectionist. The two is, I can't even remember. I, I don't know all of them, but I know like some of them. All right. The one's a perfectionist, the strict perfectionist. Do you want me to read all yeah, of them? Yeah, read, read them. Read them. Yeah. Two is a considerate helper. Three is a competitive achiever. Four is an intense creative. Five is a quiet specialist. Six is a loyal skeptic. Seven is an enthusiastic visionary. Eight, that's me, is an active controller. And nine is is an adaptive peacemaker. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, some of those words I feel like are more appealing to the ear than others. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, mine's pretty good. I'm an enthusiastic visionary. I'm like, that sounds great. Yeah, But there's a dark side to all the Enneagrams as well. There are. And there's sort of, I think, what do they refer to it as out of type or out of harmony or something? Yeah. And it's actually really interesting because they link it a lot. I think this is used in the psychology world too. And it links there's a little a lot bit. Of there's a lot of psychology in this. And it actually links to when you're out of balance, like I think for mine, it's like narcissistic personality disorder and bipolar and, you know, like actual things that yeah. there's that are tangible things that you could, which I mean, granted, there's some chemical factors in some of those too. But I think, you know, it is quite interesting to see when you're living, I've definitely lived in balance of mine and out of balance of mine. And I think there's, there's probably truth in it. Yeah. And I mean, they, there's just, there's a lot of information with the Enneagram. And then one of the things when I went into my reading that I was like really curious about is like, what is this wing thing people are talking about? Like you hear somebody's like, oh, I'm a six wing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what does that mean? And it sounds very like mystical. And she was just explaining to me that it's on either side Of of your, well, of the numbers, just like if you're a seven, your wings are a six or an eight. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that, you know, it's interesting because when you're leaning on one of your wings, you're still really out of type. And so it's one of those things that when you hear somebody talking a lot about their wing, they may not even recognize it because they might not be as familiar with the root of Enneagram and like the main things, but they're really like advertising that they're out of balance and we don't necessarily want to be out of balance, even if the, the core element of our personalities are things that, you know, like being an active controller, that's like, it's just kind of like a scary, I was like, what does that mean? That sounds intense. But then as I read all of it, I was like, yeah, that's totally who I am. And so I'm a, a social eight, which means that my, one of the things that I care about most is where I fit within society. Mm. And so before I take care of my core needs and my family or anything else, like I need to know where I fit into the world. That's interesting. That's usually like a three tendency, I think, is like worrying about like society or thinking outwardly. Yeah. So there's different motivations. I think I'm not quite sure what the terms are, but there's, there's like five different ones, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it all comes back to like, yeah, that's why I always have those things about like, where am I? What are we? What does it mean to be a person? Like whenever I'm like whack, I'm like, is, is this human experience real? And I get like really weird in my brain and it's because I want to know where I fit in. Yeah. So that was like a very strong, like permissioning to myself of like, Hey, like that weird thing your brain does when you're all freaked out is totally normal for who you are. And that's a clue that you need to go to sleep and that you need to like 
eat, drink some water yeah. and like take a shower take and care take of care yourself. yourself because then that will fade away. Yeah. Because you'll each remember type where you has, fit in. Each type has these tendencies of like the things they do when they're like feeling stressed even. So not mm-hmm. even just like your, you know, not even just the psychology of like being really strung out, but like, yeah. you know, when you're in survival, when you're in survival mode, mode what do yeah. you do? And for mine, it was like withdrawal, like completely withdrawal. Like, oh yeah, that sounds right. Like mm-hmm. when I'm stressed, like I shut down and I just kind of, you know, want to do my own thing. And it's so interesting because for the longest I was, my mom, she's like one who kind of comes up with what each of us are in her own head. And she, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways. And I mean, I'm raised by her and she is a nine and nine is the peacemaker. And my mom is a hundred billion percent that type personified. Like Mm -hmm. she very much is always trying to make everybody happy. She does not like to rock the boat. She doesn't want anybody to be upset at any time. And that really matters to her. And there's an element of that, that just being raised by somebody like that, I have some of those tendencies where I I don't love confrontation. Um, It's not so much that I'm scared to rock the boat because like, I'm not, like I will say my opinions. I mean, I'm on this podcast saying God knows what every week, like, (laughs) you know, it's like that my mom would never do that, if that makes sense. But um, my mom, you know, kind of thought I was a nine for a long time and it had me kind of like, oh, but every time I've ever, I mean, I've done literally every quiz on the internet. And then when I hear the when I hear the seven, I know that's me. I, yeah. I, I know that the dark side of it, like there's some gluttony aspect, <laughs> which if you've heard the food episode <laughs> or just anything, Pizza. or even just the idea of like the hundred day challenges and, mm-hmm. but then dropping off of them when I don't feel like it, that yeah. is pure seven. Like that's, that's who I am. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, that's me. But it's interesting because I think being raised by somebody who has those tendencies. So that's why it's good to know well, about somebody else too, because it's like, oh, I have this fear of confrontation, but maybe that's because I was raised by somebody with that as her biggest fear. Yeah. And the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that Enneagram is a, it's a self, Mm -hmm. it's not based on your birthday or where you were born or any of the other like data points that astrology and human design, Enneagram is like you take a test or you can even just say like, I'm an X. Right. Um, because there isn't like, it isn't related to the universe in that way. No, I think the quizzes are helpful to guide you though, because I do think there's a tendency of people to want to be something versus like what they may be. Like, you know, I think some people might have a tendency to be like, oh, that sounds terrible. And if, if there's something that sounds really terrible in the sign to you, like for me, my biggest shadow self is like narcissism. And if somebody were really strung out as a seven, they are a narcissist. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's how, yeah. that, that's my deepest fear triggered. There's probably an element of that that I'm dealing with, yeah. or, you know, like, so yeah. I think it's good. It's good to really recognize versus just like being like, that one sounds really nice. Like, sure. You know? Yeah. So I guess you would really know that in your heart if you were like not being truthful about the things. But I mean, that's like of anything. When you take the quizzes online, you could lie about your answers. But True. with Enneagram, it's pretty much established somewhere between ages like five and 12, I think mm-hmm. at the high end. So it is how you grew up and how you raised and how you coped with however you were being raised and who, what your environment was. And so you relating to some of your mom's type mm-hmm. behavior, it makes total sense. So I wasn't prepared for that. When I had my talk with Christy, we ended up talking a lot about my parents and childhood, which I'm sort of like one of those people where I'm like, the past is the past, shadow, shadow, like I'm done. Aries. <laughs> Moving on. And so, yeah, I mean, I think we have all had experiences growing up that shape who we are for better or for more challenging, but we overcome them and we move on and, um, or maybe Aries overcome them and just those ahead. Um, but yeah, that was a really interesting thing. The other thing we talked a ton about was just me and how I interact with my, my children and my husband. And so it was interesting. Like I had one really good takeaway, which was like to pause, which is so interesting. Cause I talk about pausing all the time and taking a deep breath and yeah. just like, that's something that's important to me. So I think the reason, like, it's such an interesting thing because it's the thing that I know that you want the most. Yeah. You know, you can, I mean, you can listen to any episode. Y'all want to talk about self-reflection, <laughs> record a podcast with your friend, don't have any guests, talk about yourself for an hour and then become the editor of it, which means you listen to it about till you've memorized it <laughs> because that is a good <laughs> chance for self-reflection. Mm-hmm. But Kayleen is always talking about like these things that she wants. And I think that's going to be your lifelong yeah. struggle because yeah. it is against probably some of your nature in some of those things, but it's probably a good way to 
be more balanced. But it's also like what you talked about in the sense of like, by nature of me saying that I want to be more gentle and I want to pause and I take deep breaths, I am doing that. Yes. Yes. It's just that it is something that require it doesn't happen naturally or right. instantaneously for me. And, um, I mean, you can make an argument that that's the case for a lot of people on a lot of things. Yes. Like we're just not pausing a lot and that's okay. The other thing is that my social eight, it has a gift of helping others feel safe, mm. which is something that when I heard her say that, I was like, oh yeah, I do. I am able to do that, but I've never recognized that as something that is unique to me. Mm-hmm. So having, you know, an independent person give you a few jewels in your pocket that are natural, easy things for you to do. That's also really valuable because if you spend too much time in self-reflection and personal development, it's really easy to just focus on the things that you're terrible at and that you want to work on. And it's like, um, this is a little strengths finder, strengths quest tip that I learned once. If you've ever gone into that personality thing, they have a few books, but one of the, I used to teach a course on that. Mm. (laughs) And one of the things that we taught was if you're going to want to improve your handwriting, you're going to want to improve your handwriting with your dominant hand. Mm-hmm. which is that's kind of the mission of strengths finder and strengths quest is to like use your strengths and build upon those strengths because if you're right-handed learning how to write better with your left hand is really not going to do you any good right that's not going to make your experience in life any easier but a lot of personal development a lot of self-help would tell you that like you should write really well with your left hand like to weak it, to take what's weak and make it better i understand what you're saying yeah. it's like no lean into what your natural strengths already are that yeah. makes sense to me yeah and that like because I'm an Aries, that really resonates. I'm like, I want to be the best at the thing that I'm best at. Yeah. <laughs> so when she said that, I was like, okay, yeah, I can, in moments of challenge, in things that are struggle, I can focus on how can I make the person I'm interacting with feel safer? Because right. that's something that I am good at. So that's something that when I'm fighting with my husband or my kids are freaking out, like instead of trying to solve their problem or fix it, like how can I focus on helping them see that they're safe and feel that they're safe? So that mm-hmm. was like a huge takeaway. And then the other thing was that mm, maybe I do need to like work on the whole reparenting thing. And mm. that phrase I don't even really like, but why don't you like, or what about it? Well, don't you like, because I'm a parent and I don't oh. really love the idea of somebody redoing all of my work. Oh, I definitely am like, somebody <laughs> needs to redo this work. I'm already like, okay, I got to say, for Wilder's like reparenting hypnosis because I'm like, God only knows, you know, he's upset with me because I won't let him drink bleach under the sink. And I'm like, he's probably going to need to be reparented because he's probably going to hold on to this forever. And (laughs) I did something wrong. So I just have a different, yeah, I don't know. It's your Aries challenger. You're like, I want to be the best parent. (laughs) Or I'm like, that's their problem. They'll deal with it. But I don't really, I don't know the re I also feel like, like, I don't want my parents to think that I'm like trying to redo everything they did but at the same time I've been very like "Mm, that's not for me and now I'm like I mean, you've been doing Lacey Phillips work. Yeah, I feel like maybe you would like it with it the way she calls it. She she does call it reparent, but she also refers to them as your magnetic parents. And there is a way of like expanding your horizon. So like she's had like 30 different sets of magnetic parents, depending on what her needs are for whatever she's trying to manifest. So she makes it very specific. So it's sort of like you go back to whatever the thing was that you needed, you know, mm-hmm. and Tony Robbins, he actually is very into the reparenting too, which, um, I've not done his conference, but the people who I know who have gone, I know that like one of the first things he has you do is recognize which parent you didn't get the thing you needed from, because right. there's like this aspect of yourself that you're carrying with you through life. Cause you're and, just chasing after and, that. Yes. And in Lacey's first, very first deep imagining where you do the hypnosis, the first thing you do is you're like an infant child and there's like the one parent. And it, it, it was so eye opening for me because I'd listened to Tony Robbins say that. And I was like, I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm a daughter, like, is it a daddy issue? Is it a mom? But it's my mom, actually. I have like these things that are like, you know, I mean, and and that's not because my mom was a bad parent. No, she's not. That's the thing that I think I have to understand is like when I did my RTT session and Rachel like took me back into which RTT, if you haven't listened to um, one of our first episodes, I mentioned about a bit about it, but it's another hypnosis type strategy of like going back into your brain and dealing with your subconscious. But 
the example wasn't it wasn't even a traumatic thing yeah like it's never the thing that you think it is and it's maybe not even the parent you think that it is so I'm coming around to it I'm like okay, yeah maybe maybe that's something that and that I probably well, I'll say this it's the warmest fuzziest feeling when you're done it's really that's really good. pleasant joyful like I think you know in Lacey's work there's also shadow stuff and mm-hmm. that stuff is like you kind of feel like you're slogging it when you're done. Like you don't feel great because you're kind of going through all, but there's a, there's a good thing about integrating those things in your life. But I think the reparenting aspect, like that's kind of joyful. Even my uh, mother-in-law has done some reparenting, I think back in like a, with a therapist back in the day, because we were talking about like viewing your parents as children and you're all holding hands. And I'm like, you know, I think it's not new. And also every generation has such a different lens and experience and challenges that like, the things that we are going to screw up now with our kids, it won't be because we weren't trying. And that's the same of every no. parent ever, you know, or maybe most parents, not every, but, no, no. you know, um, yeah. So it's interesting. I wasn't really expecting that from the Enneagram. And I think it's the nice thing about all of these tools is there are things that you can continue to learn about and explore like throughout your lifetime. And as you use different things. I think we could be going forever and probably still not know everything. You know, it's, it's, it's so much content, so much information, and there's so many great resources. And honestly, I think the most important thing to do is to find somebody that, you know, resonates with you. I mean, probably one of my favorite people right now where I actually do check my horoscope daily. And just Mm -hmm. because it's like lighthearted and campy is uh, Lisa Stardust Astro on Instagram. Okay, And she posts these like, it'll be like a footage from like a 90s movie like clueless or something with like a little meme on it and then she gives you like the aspects of like jupiter jupiter uh, opposes you know mercury today and this is what you're dealing you know but in this like cute little snippet Mm -hmm. and i just i I mean who doesn't love a good 90s meme like it makes me feel good it's like it's visually like what i like and it's one of my favorite places to go to just get like a quick little answer where somebody else like you find a lot of comfort in like the learn human design because it's like Mm -hmm. this beautiful light aesthetics and you know gentle it really speaks to the gentle aspects of kayleen and what she likes to embody and so i understand why those for you that makes sense too yeah that totally yeah that that sinks in. Well, a few of the other things that we wanted to just touch on were Ayurveda doshas and then also maybe our auras. Oh yeah. Let's, let's dabble into that just a touch. Let's do, so a little bit about, we touched on Ayurveda in an episode before and we kind of thought we might know our doshas, but we did take an actual quiz this time so that we know a little bit. So break down what the three doshas are first. Yeah. So they're Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Mm-hmm. And Vata is related to air mm-hmm. and Pitta is related to fire and Kapha is water? Or Kapha earth? is earth, earth. Who's water? There's no water. There's no water. We all need it. Yeah. Nobody is water. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. And so this is, um, Ayurveda medicine is ancient and it's something that has been around forever, but it also like comes up. I feel like it becomes popular here and there. Yeah. And I'm listening to an audiobook right now called Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life, I think. And it's really interesting because I thought it was, I started listening to it because we did an episode on time and I was like, oh, I need to improve my schedule. And it's actually like totally based in Ayurveda and like how you should be living according to your type and just adjusting like when you go to bed and when you wake up and stuff. So it's related to schedule, but yeah, I, you thought that I was a Pitta. I would think you were a Pitta based on just like your, both your Enneagram and your Aries. I would have thought, you know, okay, Kayleen's got a lot of fire, but then you are a- I'm a a Vada Pitta. And that doesn't really surprise me either because like I definitely see air qualities. You have that rising Gemini too, so you Mm -hmm. have some air in your chart. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I could see why- that would be the case as and well. And like in Vada is like all the like the gentle and like emotional and like easily disturbed. Like there's a lot of that. So I'm like, as I'm taking all of those tests, because in this audiobook, there's a test for every, there's like for sleep and for eating. He does, he retests you. And so his um, hypothesis is that you might actually be one thing for sleep and another thing for diet, mm. which is interesting. That because is interesting. You think about like your experience in the world, there's like some stuff that you have a harder time with than others. Maybe you've got your diet down, but like you're never going to bed or you're, you have insomnia. And so he kind of helps guide you through the different things. But I always answer all A's and B's. Like I'm never, I'm never a Kapha like ever, but I'm I'm always Vata and Pitta. Mine were very close. I was a Vata Kapha, but I was like only. You're not Pitta? Mm-mm, no pitta, no Pitta. But that doesn't surprise me. I think. You are kind of feisty. I, 
I don't know what that is because okay. it's like in, I also resonate a lot with like the projector aspect of being lazy a little bit. Like the, my Enneagram yeah. number has a laziness aspect and it's not a lazy, like I genuinely feel tired. Well, that's like, like a, that's a very negative label, but okay. you're not lazy. It's not lazy. I'm yeah. not lazy, but like you enjoy lazy. But like, I think your impression of me, like Nathan was like, I can't believe Kayleen thinks that you're so organized or you're so this. And I'm like, I have my own systems, which that's yeah. an Aquarian tendency is like to be organized in your own unique way that doesn't make sense to anyone else like I still have to write things down on paper and like you are organized but it's yeah it's it's not the traditional like right. you know it's not it's, it's, it's not part of you. your OCD <laughs> yeah yeah it's like you have, to, you have a system for everything I do but yeah. they're like weird they don't always make sense to the outward eye which I can understand but anyway so I think there's I don't know I definitely there's a lot of like the vata that I definitely feel. I've, I'm very airy sense. fairy. Yeah, you um, are. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm airy fairy in my chart. I'm airy fairy in my enneagram. There's like nothing that doesn't right. line up in yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's like the earthy stuff. Like I think I can be a little bit of that too. Like, yeah, and you even like recognize you like call other people earth mamas, which is like a phrase I've never encountered. I do. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like, well, she's kind of an earth mama. And the second you say that, I'm like, oh, I know what that means, but I would never, but you, you are attracted to that. Yeah. You are kind of in that and you, you have a groundedness about you. So, which that's kind of interesting that you have like the air and the grounding. That's kind of a, they're very close in the chart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that that's interesting. I mean, I definitely, I feel like when I don't feel balanced, I deal with more of the like Vata imbalance, which can be like the anxiety and kind of the heads, heady stuff. And a little bit of the, um, like feeling out of whack, feeling out of whack, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, feeling like being prone not to eat when you're stressed or like things like that, that, you know, otherwise I love to eat. And so it's a little bit of that Vata energy. So I tend to do more of the like balancing things for that versus the I guess the kapha, which is like new to me, but I love the idea of a kapha. I think like, I love the idea of being an earth mama. Yeah. Like yes. in my dreams, that's what I would want to be. Yeah. 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 So you're <laughs> like, sure. you're definitely drawn to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last thing that we wanted to tell you guys about was just getting our aura portraits taken recently with Mood by Moss here in Austin. We went to an event that Carrie, the owner was um, working at and she had her booth set up and it's like this really beautiful yurt that you step in and you essentially take a Polaroid of your aura, um, but you have your hands on these electromagnetic um, little handprint things and it pulls your energy in and feeds it to the camera and it shows up as color in your photo. And so Jordan did it for the first time. Yes. And what'd you think? Oh, I thought it was so funny because she kind of like, she holds it out in front of you and you know, the Polaroid has like a back to it. And so before she like rips off the back to expose whatever colors you are. And I'm like sitting in my head thinking about this one time, which I mentioned in hair school where I was speaking with a client and this other client runs across the room and grabs me and it's like, oh my God. And I'm just startled. Like I'm very startled and my client is startled. And she's like, your aura is glowing hot pink. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but I go home, of course, and I'm like Googling hot pink aura, you know, that night. Mm-hmm. And so I've always carried that with me. And so this, you know, Mood by Moss is sitting there and she opens it up and there it is, is me with my hot pink aura. And I just had to laugh, but there was like, it was so neat. Cause there was like a little aspect, you know, she kind of shares with you like different things of what you might need and mm-hmm. what, you know, your aura is kind of showing you. And then mine had like this little blue patch in the corner. And so then she opens Kayleen's and it's essentially the same as mine, minus the blue patch, which I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, how funny. And a lot of I the, had a little bit of red and orange in mine. Yes. But yeah. a lot of bit of the, um, the pink was sort of like explaining, you know, like, it was so funny with us starting this podcast because a lot of it is like, you know, wanting to put yourself out in the world, being connected to intuition and source and, you Mm -hmm. know, things like that. And then the little blue part, which is something that like, I will say a lot of it relates to the color system of the chakras. And if you don't know each system, each, each system relates to a part of your like body. And I know my biggest struggle, and I know this about myself is my throat chakra and talking about like confrontation and fearing like, you know, I've definitely struggled to set boundaries in my life. Like that's, you know, and it was so funny because the blue was like only on mine, which like mm-hmm. Kayleen in no way struggles with this. Like, even, like she's always like, who cares? You know? And I'm like, oh, there's this like little blue dot. And then we did ours together and it was the same with like the blue dot still on, on my, you. on me. And yeah. I was like, that's so funny because that's, 
us, you know? Right. Well, the interesting thing is I've had my aura portrait taken several yeah. times, many times, and I've never been hot pink before. I've never had pink. I've always been red and orange and yellow. And then when my hu- my husband and I went and took them and it, we were like this deep purple navy blue to where <laughs> like Adam almost fades behind <laughs> me. But I was like, no, but you still, you're, you are hidden, but your aura is still very powerful because I've never been that dark color. So yeah. Carrie explained to us that sometimes when you're, you have two people's auras come together, they kind of stay independent and you'll just see they're two different colors or they'll combine for something totally unique and different, or they'll kind of blend together, which is sort of what ours was. But ours was, we had taken them each separately first and they were quite similar anyway. And ours pretty much stayed the same because while it combined, I still had my little blue spot. Yeah. So it was- It would have been interesting if like you had been green and I had been red to see like, would they combine or were they, but we- the thing that I thought was really interesting is I think all that we've been doing, your aura can change based on like if you're getting enough sleep, if you're stressed, what you've been working on. And so I feel like we, because we've been so hyped up in the podcast that it like, I feel like it really changed my aura and it probably did nothing to yours because yours has been pink um, for a long time, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Since 2008, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, I think that that could be another expression of like delving into your personality is like every so often getting your aura portrait taken. I know that it's been really fun to do mine over a period of time. And one of the times I was like, 12 weeks pregnant with my daughter. And then another time I was like seven months pregnant. And I feel like her presence like over my right shoulder is like so different from one to the other. And then the other thing that's really cool that can show up on your or a portrait is like the presence of spirit guides. Yeah. So oh, like, that's it'll, mm-hmm, like I have one where there's like a white line that goes up and that's like a spirit. She was like, have you ever had spirit guides visit you? And I was like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> and I, I also loved like, this is my first experience with mood by Moss, but I loved Carrie and mm-hmm. she is an earth mama. Yes. <laughs> Total yeah. earth mama. Totally. <laughs> oh man. Well, I feel like we have definitely covered our bases and we haven't really, um, given anybody like a huge takeaway as far as like, this is what you do now that you've discovered your X, Y, Z. But I hope that we've given you a picture of how valuable and beneficial it can be to explore these different modalities and find the one that works for you. Find the thing that resonates, find the people who you like learning from and like just use it as an empowering tool to learn more about you. And then Jordan would say probably how you inter- interact with other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or how they might interact with you. You know, maybe you can be a little, I think it allows for grace, compassion, and forgiveness anytime where you can not only have that with yourself, but also with other people because they have tendencies too that aren't perfect or, you know, always great. And they can be out of balance and to kind of maybe even just to notice that and like, you know, especially if you're like you have a partner or kids or something and you can kind or of coworker, or co- coworker, any, you're going to deal with other people. Yeah. I hope your aunt, I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. Anybody, <laughs> the mailman, anybody, okay. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know what personality typing system resonates with you the most and how you use it to help you show up in the world. Join us next week for a conversation all about our woo favorites. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's That's Pretty pretty woo. Woo.